first of Kislev, but first the story. When the Alter was a young man, already an accomplished Torah scholar, but still very much a young man, he was he became he got the position of the Magid of of Lyajna, and the people in the city were very um, critical of this very young man who suddenly, you know, was now the new rabbi. And people kept on wondering, you know, how, how great of a rabbi could he possibly be at such a young age? A, a, a while after, a short while after becoming the rabbi, he was invited to officiate a wedding. And <clears throat> he came to the wedding and the altar rabbi began to muse on, uh, to, to, to talk aloud. He said, why is there an orchestra by the wedding? And he answered his own question while people listened on, wondering, you know, what, what was going on in the mind of this young rabbi. And he said, why is there an orchestra? It must be to play the music. And why is there all these fancy new dishes? It must be that both sides of the, the groom and the bride have probably gone together to, to get um, things to build this new house for this couple. And then he said, and why is there a rabbi here? And he said, it must be the rabbi's needed because everything has a purpose. That's how I understand the story. Why is the rabbi here? The rabbi's needed to ask questions that no one else will ask. And so he turned straight away to the bride and said, were you ever married before? She was so startled by the directness of the question and the question itself, she stammered and she said, yeah, yeah I was married for a very short amount of time. And the, the altar rabbi said, how long were you married for? And she said, a few days, and then the, then the groom passed away. And the, the altar ever asked, did the groom have a brother? And she said, yeah, the groom had a very young, a very young boy, a brother, but we lost contact with them. And, and the altar ever asked, did you ever do chalice? Did you ever do the ceremony that if a, a woman's married and the, um, the husband passes away without having any children, there's a special a ceremony that the, the, the wife has to do with the brother-in-law. Was that ever done? And she said it wasn't. And so the altar Rebbe said, well, in that case, we can't do the wedding today. And Evan was sent home. And people saw straight away the, the, the this young rabbi, the altar Rebbe, the author of the Tanya, was not a, a regular rabbi, per se. And there was a reason why, in spite of his youth, he was, a, he was deserving of the title of, of rabbi. The Tanya yesterday was quite, it's quite a puzzling Tanya and quite a brilliant Tanya, but the Altrabah dedicates a very long section of the Tanya just dealing with why it's impossible for the Tanya to be an effective book. Why, why essentially you shouldn't open the Tanya. And today's Tanya is going to explain, well, even in, in, in spite of all those difficulties that we discussed yesterday, the Tanya isn't held back by the, these difficulties. In fact, that the Tanya is unique for an entirely different reason. And that's the reason why you should give it a, give it a try and open the Tanya and learn from it because it can really change your life. And additionally, Dalatom is also going to explain why there's no Yechidus anymore, why there's no private audiences, why the Tanya is a replacement for that. Also, Dalatom encourages people, rabbis, to, to ensure that they explain the Tanya, they don't be embarrassed and hold back from explaining the Tanya. And finally, the last one of today's Tanya is going to be uh, a copyright enforcement. The same ob objective as the previous um, introductions to the Tanya, warning people not to copy the Tanya for at least five years. Let's begin. Why does the Tanya work? Why, unlike a book of, of, of wisdom or a book of Torah-guided wisdom even, 
is the Tanya able to be successful? The Alter says, there's another angle entirely that Tanya has. It's people that I know. Says Alter Ebba, rather pragmatically, and nowadays we can really relate to this because of you know survey studies and 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 research and and polls and all these things that really do very successfully capture when done properly capture what audiences are feeling and what the general idea of people are. The author says, I've talked to people and I have people related to me. The author says, I have such a close relationship with so many people and they've related to me what's going on inside their hearts. So what I've done is I've compiled based on so much research and so much data, the information. The author says, unlike the reasons why other books might fail or only be able to attract a very niche audience, because they're based on wisdom, and what wisdom is, is limited, or even is based on Torah, how do I know that that particular person connects to that part of the Torah? I don't know. The author says, the reason why the Tanya works is because it's just based on data. I've collected so much, I'm putting this in words, but, but I put, I've collected so much data, I've talked to so many people, and I've collected so much information, so I know what people's problems are. I've done a survey. I know what people are bothered by, and therefore I've incorporated these questions into the Tanya, and answered them as well. The questions you might not see, but if you dig a little deeper, you'll be able to see questions throughout the Tanya continuously. You see, oh, the author was answering, saying this, but this is answering what a problem a person would be struggling with internally. And the author said, I, I, I compiled the advice for all these uh, questions that I've gotten over the over the decades that I've been advising people, and I've got it from books and teachers, and the books of the Maral and the Shalah, and the teachers of the Bashantav and the Magid. And the author also says, I've also I've also had a mentor, the Menachem of Tepsk, and in brackets, Avram of Kalis. And I've compiled the teachings of the Maggid, of the, uh, the, the Baal Shem Tov and the Maggid, of the Maral and the Shalah, of the Menachem and the Vitebsk, and I've put them together in order to arrange in such a way that it can answer all these multitude of questions that I've gotten over the years. So people have, people have um, questions that they, want, uh, that they want answered. All they have to do is realize that their question is probably not unique. Someone's asked it before, I've heard it before, and I've incorporated it into the Tanya. Now, the, the, that's answering the question. That's why the Tanya is successful. And, and it's success to this very day. The, the amount of people's lives that Tanya has changed since the time that Tanya has written is, is mind-blowing. But now there's another problem. The problem is, is that Al-Tarev has made it clear that this Tanya is going to be a replacement for personal um, meetings. And a lot of people are not thrilled about that because they, they love Al-Tarev and they wanted the personal attention. Al-Tarev actually wrote in a letter, a different letter, not printed in the Tanya, saying that my life has become miserable and use very extreme words from the fact that people just continuously take all my time and I have to just um, have an audience with one person after the next and no time to serve God on my own. But so the, the author says, but why? Now the author explains to other people, why is it that way? Because Kiain Hazman, pragmatically, the author became very successful. Thousands of people, tens of thousands of people, all um, um, pushing and fighting to have an audience with the author. Now there's just not enough time to talk to everyone. I need to make a book. That's why the book is now a replacement for private audiences. 
Firstly, people are clamoring to get an audience with Alter, and there's just not enough time in the day, not enough time in the week and month and years. And then additionally, people are forgetting. They have a wonderful meeting. They feel so inspired. Alter has given them so much advice. They walk out of the room. They forget everything Alter said. Alter said, listen, I just spent an hour with you, two hours, five hours with you. You forgot it all. If I make a book, you forget it. Go look back in the book. Something really, really large. He said, I've given the answer to all the questions. I'm preserving it as a sign. And it can serve a reminder between everyone's eyes, continuously in people's minds. And now they won't have to fight and struggle and 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 make a make a commotion to get in a private audience with you. Says Altareba, they open the Tanya, they ought to find tranquility for the soul. They ought to find the answers to the, all the things they have in the difficulty of serving Hashem, and their heart will be able to be connected to Hashem, and the Tanya will be able to guide them. So if they have questions, they have problems, issues, whatever it is, whatever they would be fighting and 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 making a commotion to come and have a private audience with Altareba, Altareba says, don't have to do that anymore. Open the Tanya, you'll find your answer. Additionally, if you're going to come into an audience and I'm going to talk to you and then you can forget everything, well, that's that's a bit of a waste. Instead, just open the tanya. If you forget, and if you forget or you have a question, open the tanya. Open the tanya again, and you'll be able to find whatever you are missing. Now, the Alter Rebbe understands. That's point number two. Point number three is Alter Rebbe understands that the tanya is a book that's that's involved, and it's a when it's a book that it's not easily understood. You do need guidance. You need, you do need teachers to explain. You don't need a rebbe. You do, but then the Rebbe audience anymore, the Tanya could be a replacement, at least for that part. But just understanding what the Altar is saying does need guidance. And the Altar understands it. And the Altar is worried that people are going to say, oh, you know what? Let's go find someone else to, to explain to you what the Tanya means. Altar warns these people make sure you don't put your hands over your mouth. You actually, people come to you and say, what does the Tanya mean? You, you tell them what it means. People that don't understand what's, what the Altar what the is saying inside, inside of the Tanya. It's understandable. You just bring it to someone that's great in your city and they'll explain to you what's actually going on. And now the altar is turning towards those people and saying, I'm asking of you, don't put your hand over your mouth. They're behaving in a way that of, of false humility. As we know, the punishment for people who withhold Torah knowledge from those who want it. It's like the, it's like it's like withholding food. That's what it's compared to. Someone has you have food for someone and you withhold it from them. That's the same type of analogy when a person comes to you asking help and tell you and you withhold it. I'll try to warn these people. Someone comes to you with that to, to explain the tanya, you have to tell them what it means. But on the flip side, the incredible reward, when someone helps someone else with Torah, Hashem blesses both of them. The person that teaches and the person that's being taught. Both of them get the eyes shown by Hashem. Shown shining, enlightened by Hashem. Because Hashem will turn his face to these people, the person who's teaching, the person who's receiving the teaching, the life of the, the, the light of the face of the living king. Provided for us a time where people don't have to teach each other. The fact that people need to teach each other is is a, is, a, is 
is a is a exile mentality. But the truth of the matter is, when Mashiach comes, the whole world will be full of the knowledge of Hashem, like Yeshaya says. And as, and now says, in that time, the people won't need any help learning the Tanya. When Mashiach comes, people will be able to open the Tanya and understand it. But until then, people have to go to people that understand the Tanya a little better, understand Tanya in general, and ask them what the Tanya means, and those people cannot put their hands over their mouth. That's point number three. And the final point of today's Tanya is the copyrights. The, we already mentioned the copyright, and this is al Rebbe's personal mention of copyright. The al Rebbe was, was, the Tanya was, was put together by people's incredible self-sacrifice. They literally dropped incredible amounts of money to make the Tanya happen. And says al Rebbe, if people are just going to copy the Tanya illegally, it's going to make an, a, an incredible damage, financial damage to these people. Copies of the of the pamphlets that Altareba originally put out started getting errors, whether whether on purpose or by accident. But the point was, people stood up and said, "Let's actually make a book out of this," and they they were extremely generous and they collected these these uh, pamphlets, put them together into the book of the Tanya. For Amina Lafala Tavi Shechela and Altareba says, "I want to thank them for the incredible work." The pasuk says Alterim, and Alterim is getting to the to the juice of the copyright threat. The the Torah already says someone that goes into the border of his friend shall be cursed. That's what the Torah already says. And this curse is an excommunication. It's not just a regular curse. So therefore, the Alterim says. The Torah already says it. There's an expression in the Gemara that says, do we need to bring the laws of the south of Israel to explain something that's already mentioned in the Torah? Of course not. The Torah says something. That does, does mentioning a jurisdictional law of the south of Israel bring any added, you know, the the, the, the section of, of, of Yehuda, the law of that land, does that bring anything anything more? But the Altarist says, nonetheless, that no one is allowed to copy the Tanya, whether by themselves or whether they hire agents to do it. Saying, without permission of the above people, the people who, who literally made the Tanya happen and who are going to suffer incredible loss if Tanya is illegally um, um, copied, without getting their permission, you're not to copy for five years. What's so beautiful is that we live after the five years anyway. So we get this blessing. The author says, anyone that listens, it'd be blessed with good. These are the words of the author of the of the book of Lakuta Yamarim. Again, the author doesn't use his name because it's the original version of the Tanya. The Alter Rebbe's name was not published with it, only in later versions. And that's the end of the introduction. God willing, tomorrow we'll start with the actual first chapter of the Tanya. Thank you so much for joining the Tanya. Thank you so much for joining.